to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we are locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We're streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City. So you know the deal. Comment, like, subscribe, or share. The final day of 2021 as we move over to the new year. In less than over about 32 hours, we will be in 2022. So you know what that means, ladies and gentlemen. That means we are on the brink of another college football playoff Final Four. But this year is different unlike any other year because for the first time we're not talking about well one of them's in there Alabama as as always but for the first time we're not talking about Clemson we're not talking about Ohio State we are not talking about the Oklahoma Sooners all three teams did not make it when had high expectations coming into this season but look who do we have two unfamiliar names Two teams coming into the beginning of this year that had less than boys a 1% chance to even sniff, I should say, the college football playoff in Cincinnati and Michigan. These games, I cannot wait for them. These look like they could be on the brink of some classics. I know you get the nervousness of the oh, well, Alabama's playing a team that really doesn't get the respect that they deserve. They're a 13-and-a-half-point underdog in the Cincinnati Bearcats. And then you got the game at night, two teams that are so eerily similar. We're going to get into that. And plus, huge week in the NFL, week 17. There's a lot of underdogs, playoff-caliber teams that are underdogs. Which one do we consider as the best chance of pulling off those upsets and shutting up the betters? And finally, like I said, 2021 is coming to an end. Of the uh, Coming to an end, we will be talking about our favorite moments from the 2021 sports calendar year. But let's get into the game tomorrow and the start of the college football playoff. I just said it, it's going to be something unlike we haven't seen so far in this early on stages of the college football playoff final four, soon to possibly be maybe eight. I hope to God it's only eight and not 12, but we're going to see. We get the team that's maybe the hottest team in the past two years that just nobody wants to give them the credit for. The Cincinnati Bearcats against the champs, the defending champs. You know the dealio. You know the story. Alabama, once again, is playing for a right to be the national champions. And they are a 13-point, 13-and-a-half-point favorite. Not the biggest spread in this college football playoff history. That was last year between the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the Alabama Crimson Tide. So, boys... I'll start off with Ted on this. It's plain and simple. What does Cincinnati need to do to upset Roll Tide? So how I'll phrase this, it doesn't really mean it'll be this way. I say it's very simple. If you watched a couple games at Alabama struggle, one, the game at Texas A&M, the game oh, – he's throwing me all off with the screen. Come on, man. You play with it. You got to go with it. You got to get the people going. Well, I mean, we know what the game they're talking about. They don't need to see the two teams. They know well, everybody's a college football fan, okay. bro. You got to remember that. They ain't like uh, us. Well, then they don't need to listen to this part and come back in 20 minutes when we're talking. No, we want to be talk- We want everybody to watch. Here, here's the thing. It's very simple. They got to they have to put pressure on Bryce Young. That's the biggest thing. If you watch the game, the game that Alabama lost this year against Texas A&M, Texas A&M was, bit, was able to put enough pressure on Bryce Young to make him uncomfortable in the pocket. 
They were able to sack him. They were able to pressure him throws, and they executed offensively. It's 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 it sounds simple in the thing. Hey, let's get pressure on the quarterback. Let's not turn the ball over. Let's run the ball. Let's use our athletic quarterback, Desmond Ritter, who can run the football. And if you've known anything in the history of Alabama, is they do struggle with athletic quarterbacks. They have. All right. Doesn't mean they can't overcome it because their talent is absurd. But let's use our athletic. Let's get them on the let's, RPOs. Let's get them on waggles, bootlegs. Let's run the football with Jerome Ford. You know, he's a transfer from Alabama. You know, two big, two huge guys, Jamison Williams, who's a transfer from Ohio State, who'll be playing, be in, big impactful player for Alabama because John Mitchie's out with a ACL tear. Listen, run the football. Don't turn the ball over. Maybe make a big play on special teams. But here's the thing. Cincinnati, they've been here before. And when I say they've been here before, they played in a big six bowl game last year. They played against Georgia. Trev, you told me it was a walk-off field goal, I believe you said. It was Jordan a walk-off 50-yard field goal. It was their only one. loss. They're tw- they've won 22 of the last 23 games. Their only loss is to Georgia so, last year in the Peach Bowl. I don't think they're going to lack confidence. They're going to go in there knowing that, that no one except for them gives them a shot. It's me against the world. They just have to play their game, all right? What I what I will say about this is if you can take anything away from the, the Georgia game is I'm not worried about Alabama's running game so much. I know they can run the football, but it's not like the old years where I was worried about, you know, Mark Ingram or Derrick Henry and Lacey, you know, all these running backs in the past where you, you were worried about their running game so much. It's about their passing game, right? Bryce Young, Jamison Williams, they're able to spread the ball. What Cincinnati does have is they have two exceptional All-American cornerbacks, one of them who won the Joe Thorpe Award. His name is Kobe Bryant, not spelled the same way. He'll be wearing number eight in, um, you know, in touch for Kobe Bryant. And Ahmad um, Sauce Gardner, Ahmad Gardner, Ahmad. Ahmad Gardner. There you go. Both so, of them. Matt, have and and, 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 listen, if you put pressure on the quarterback, which helps your defensive backs, let those guys be impactful players, make plays, and just and play your game. Don't change from what got you here. Play your game. They're no, they're, they're confident. They're talented enough to beat Alabama if they play their game. But if they start getting sloppy, they start trying to do too much. Desmond Ritter doesn't take what's there. Joe said something before when before we're doing the show about running the football, about controlling the clock. That that same mythology that we've talked about with the NFL, and we'll talk about with other things. If Cincinnati can do that, they don't have to maintain the clock for two to one advantage. But just don't go three and out because this is what happened. Alabama comes out like Mike Tyson and they knock you out and it's twenty one nothing before you blink your eye and it's over. You don't they have the, stop. Yeah, they take the light off out of you. It's too, within, it's too yeah. much to overcome. So that's why I say Cincinnati, be able to take Alabama's punch in the face. Because if you watch always the first games of the season or the big games, they come out, they knock you out before you even have a chance, and then it's too late to overcome it. So if Cincinnati can maybe jump on them 7 nothing or you know 7-3, keep it a low score in that first quarter, keep that game in the 20s, Cincinnati have a really good chance to get to the national championship. Now, Joe, I know you've been an, uh, an adamant believer of the Cincinnati Bearcats when you were on last year as well, and now this year you have been. Are you still buying and believing in the Bearcats come tomorrow, 3.30, uh, 3.30 Eastern time? I think Cincinnati is going to win this football game. And, you know, here's the thing. Nobody's brought up the name Will Anderson, but Oof. Cincinnati's going to have to do their best to neutralize this guy. because He, he guy takes over game single-handedly, Joe. This is the best defensive player in the country. It was an absolute crime that this guy uh, wasn't, wasn't a downtown club for that Heisman presentation. He should have at least been in the building. Um, 
I, I think that, you know, Teddy, you said this before. I, I think a, a big momentum shift or a block punt, field goal, something, a pick six. Bama turned the ball over 10 times all season. Yeah. 10 times. That's it. Cincinnati's amazing defense, 32 turnovers. So something's got to give here. And, and if Cincinnati's going to win, it's going to be a couple of turnovers. It's going to be, again, I think Desmond Ritter uh, can really prove his worth as a quarterback. I think if Desmond Ritter was a better talent, I think people would have been taking Cincinnati a little more serious over the last couple of years. But this guy gets it done. He's not super spectacular, but he can be when he needs to be. But I really do. I I, I think Cincinnati wins this thing uh, super late, 31-28. I think they'll be trailing for – uh, a good part of the game, but I think I think they're going to do it. I think that uh, this is I, I love this. This is the two best winning teams over the last couple of years, and for these two teams to be battling it out, unfortunately, the semifinal round is a crime. But uh, this is going to be an amazing game. I'm super excited for it. I'm excited too. So I'm just looking at something, and from the last Ohio team to beat Alabama, and they were also a four seed. I'm just looking how they did it. This was the Ohio State Buckeyes. The year that they had, somehow they made it into the college football playoff. They ended up winning the national championship. Their third down efficiency in that game, Alabama was 2 of 13. Ohio State was 10 of 18. I think that's going to be a huge part in this game. They have to deliver when it's third down because you are going to get in these situations. And this is a Nick Saban team that we all know is always well-prepared, always well coached and ready to go. And you just said, Will Anderson, I'm glad you brought him up, Joe, because I know Aiden Hutchinson is a beast and he's been getting the credit and he got invited to the Heisman, but Will Anderson, boy, oh boy. Trev, I believe Luke Fickle was on the staff of that Ohio state team for you that might game. Be right. You might be right. But they also, another thing, you may be right. You may be right. Do you want to know also how they won Ohio state, really Alabama rushed for 170 yards. Ohio state ran for 281 that game. This is a team that likes to run the football, Cincinnati. Time of possession. Jerome Ford, who has excelled in this offense for the Bearcats, playing against his former team. And like he likes to say, I'm not a transfer from Alabama. I'm a Bearcat. And I respect that because he is a Bearcat. And he has led and he has taken over games for this Bearcat team. I think the biggest thing coming down for Cincinnati, and Ted, you said it, you got to have a pass rush. I know everybody likes to say how valuable having a corner is. But guess what? When you have a pass rush, you don't have to worry about your secondary doing work. My thing comes down to this. This defense, here it is. Bryce Young against every oncomer, the incoming opponent this year, he is taking control. The last time we saw Bryce Young, he literally demolished the greatest defense that we've been talking about in college football in the Georgia Bulldogs. This is what it's going to come down to. They have two of the best corners, if not the two best corners in college football right now with Ahmad Sars Gardner and Kobe Bryant. They have to get pressure on this offense. If they do not, and Bryce Young looks like the Georgia Bryce Young, then it's going to be a long day for the Bearcats. Yeah. But, Joe, believe it or not, I'm siding with you. I'm going with the Cincinnati Bearcats for the I upset. love it. I'm going with the Bearcats because, honestly, I don't want to see Alabama anymore. I'm sick of it. But I want to see the underdog. I really do believe this is a team that's saying me against the world going on we're no, no roll tide this week. We're going roll, roll tide. We need Just little like bro- no, you know said, baby. We also know, you also know why I say that. We need little brother 
to help out Big Brother because Little Brother is repping the state of Ohio. Big Brother didn't do his job. Ohio State didn't do his job. They're not watching it. They're watching on the Rose Bowl. Cincinnati's going to do it for Big Brother. So I'm going with the Bearcats. I think this is this has all the makings of a classic. These two teams are stacked offensively and defensively. Great coaching <laughs> stats. Both teams will be – what are you laughing at? Because it's going to be 21-0 in the first quarter. Like, I, I, well, that's like, that's like my biggest thing. No, I just hope not. You're right about that because we always talk about it. You hope for an amazing game. And then Alabama just sucks the life out of you immediately. And that's what they do better than any team has done well, and, well, since Saban has taken I, Listen, I, I'll tell you right now, I, I don't I don't think that – well, no, that's not fair to say because they just no, taught, no, they lit the it up. But Cincinnati's listen, not, hold on. Cincinnati's defense is is, I think, as good or better than Georgia's defense is. And especially when you consider that, listen, the bulk of the starters on this defense are the same guys that were on that defense from last season. And these guys have got experience. They got chemistry. They've been dominating for two straight years. So again, I mean, if for everybody else, look, they're the underdog and I, and I get it. And they're, you know, uh, the AAC or whatever it is, but Houston also just beat Auburn, by the way, in a bowl game. Well, that's so, in, in case anyone's wondering how they stack up against the SEC, well, the so SEC far stinks. it's AAC one and SEC zero. So, let's see about going on a little 2 0 run here. Well, first of all, all I'm saying, I think the defense is going to be fine. They, listen, if Desmond Ritter comes out, throws a turnover, they fumble a, a kickoff, a, a muffed punt. And, and Bama gets an easy score, and you get that quick 7-0, 14-0. I don't think that's going to happen, but, uh, Teddy, it, it would be know. ignorant to say in the, in the biggest moment of all time, and you could say, look, they're playing with house money. I don't think Cincinnati thinks that. I don't think Desmond Ritter thinks that. I don't think no. Luke Frick, needs to nobody thinks them, that. This team's coming out there. They, they want to put their best foot forward. Like you said, take that punch. And and you listen, you can't stumble when you get hit. Because if yeah, you do, let, you're finished. Also, one more thing, Ted, I'll finish up with this. Don't let the moment get too big for you. Because a team like this who hasn't been here before, it's the biggest game in, in, in program history, don't let the moment get too big for you. Be happy you're there, but show the world why you're there as well. Did you want to say something? I thought. Yeah, you, you just something. literally said it. You literally oh. just said it. I was going to say, don't be overwhelmed in the moment. My bad. That's My the bad. problem. See, I'll be able to bro. Alabama expects to be here. They're all about business. Saban will have them so businesslike. It's like the Patriots. And I understand Cincinnati's mindset. The coaches are going to say all the right things. The players are going to say all the right things. They're going to do all the right things. They know why they're there, too, to win, too. They're not there to be like, hey, we're just here to prove a point or here to win. Or No, they're there to win. They're here to win. But here's the thing. That can evaporate really quick when you're playing Alabama. And you can get sucked in the moment. When there's eighty thousand people, and now there's so much more pressure because here's the thing: when when Cincinnati really played in a big game, what what's when's the last time Cincinnati when these kids Notre, Notre had Dame. all the spotlight? Because here's the thing: it's like the Notre Super Bowl Dame. at three thirty. No one's watching anything else. Well, it sucks. Notre, 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 the one game I would say would be Notre Dame, and they took care of business. Well, like I said, no one. But here's the thing: because it's New Year's, it's unfortunate. But there's no other big game on TV or anything that's important that day other than that game at 3.30. Everyone well, is going to everyone right. is That's going to, the respect I think Cincinnati thinks that they've earned after winning 23 out of 24. So now so you got yeah. to They you know that they belong there. 
So, so let's they, see what ha- we'll see what happens. Yeah, and here's I, listen. Let me finish on this point, so then you can move on to the Michigan. You'll know what type of Cincinnati or what type of game this will be in the first seven minutes of the game. You'll know it because if you watch any of Alabama's bowl games or the games where they start the season off against like a USC or Miami, it's fourteen to nothing before they blink of an eye. You'll know if Cincinnati's up or if it's zero zero, and you're like, all right, Cincinnati, because you build confidence. It's like the John Madden thing about Little Giants. T- they might beat you 99 times out of 100, but it's one time. And the longer the game stays closer, you know this in all sports, boxing, and anything, the longer the match goes, the more confidence the underdog builds. That's why they always say knock the underdog out early because they start building. It's like March Madness. Longer those 16 seeds and 15 stay longer in the game, they build confidence and pressure builds on the on the champ. Just roll with the punches, baby. That's all you got to do. Roll with the punches. Well, this game has the makings of a lot of fireworks. The night game has a completely different feel to this it. This is all a Joe this game. This is going to be – This is a Joe um, game. This is going to be where the boys become men. This is the type of game, if you like physical play, if you like – see, here's the thing. These two games have contrasting styles. If you like fireworks, if you like big plays, if you like stars, I'm not saying these two teams don't have stars. But then the Cincinnati Bama game is your type of type of uh, dinner. If you like old school football, blood, sweat, tears for sixty minutes, uh, it's going to be a back and forth, low scoring game. Then that's the game that's going to be going on Sunday night or Sunday night tomorrow night in the great state of Florida in the Orange Bowl. And it's going to be. I know, like everybody says, why do I ask this question? Because everybody's talking about the same thing with this game. We know what these two teams like to do well. We know that these two teams like to run the ball. We know that these two teams like to dominate the line of scrimmage and have dominant defenses. It comes down to, believe it or not, the two quarterbacks that are very, I would say the last time we saw Stetson Bennett, he looked lost. He looked like he had a struggling day at the office. Kay McNamara, last time we saw him, he didn't really have to do much because of the fact that they were kicking the crap out of the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Ohio State Buckeyes. But that's where I'm coming down to with this. That's the biggest thing for me in this game, because both of these teams are so eerily similar that you know what they're going to do. You know their strengths. They're going to do it. It comes down to which of the quarterbacks is going to make the play. Like we talk about Ted Carson Wentz. We talk about guys like Jimmy G in the NFL. What quarterback is going to make the play and play at a higher level for their team to advance? Joe, I'll start with you. Is it Stetson Bennett or is it Cade McNamara? It's 100% Cade McNamara, who, by the way, was highly recruited coming out of high school. Bama. I'm surprised you say 100%. Oh, yeah. Listen, I'll I'll get to Stetson Bennett on the back end of what I've got to say. Don't you worry about that. (laughs) Uh, Listen, Cade McNamara decided he'd rather go ride the pine in Michigan and sit behind lesser talent than he would in Alabama. I think that was a smart move for him. Earlier this year, uh, there was a lot of talk about what you just said, the fact that uh, Hassan Hawkins, uh, Haskins is, is basically the entire offense for this team. Uh, another guy, uh, just based on what he did against Ohio State, 169 yards, five touchdowns. They're going to have two running backs that are going to – that right now Haskins has 1288. Yeah. And then the kid David Corum has 940. So you're going to have two guys on the ground getting a thousand yards. Yeah. Uh, I, again, that's what this team is all about. So listen, Cade McNamara is very much, he's like a Mac Jones, but without the accuracy, mm-hmm. he only hits about 65%, but 
in his college career, 20 touchdowns, just four interceptions. This guy doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't make mistakes. He knows what he's supposed to do. Get the ball to the running backs. When he when he throws the football, again, he doesn't turn it over. I think that's super important. Stetson Bennett, if you uh, were following last year, uh, all Georgia and Georgia media and Georgia fans said was that Stetson Bennett was uh, basically a walk-on no talent, JT Daniels, when he got out there, that was going to be, then they would be great. And then this year, after Daniels got hurt, they started singing Stetson Bennett's praises. This guy's a backup quarterback, like a college backup quarterback. You understand? He's undersized. There's never going to be a moment where he wins a game. Cade McNamara went for 383 and a couple of touchdowns against Nebraska. When they needed him to step up, Cade McNamara could do it. You saw Stetson Bennett against Bama. How did that go? It's funny because these quarterbacks have like very similar numbers. McNamara has 27 at 100 yards, 15 touchdowns, four picks. Bennett has 2,300, but has 24 touchdowns and seven picks. And that's the thing with me when it comes to Stetson Bennett. We haven't had to see Stetson Bennett. I think it's 100% a Stetson Bennett, Joe. I'll go the complete opposite because Stetson Bennett all throughout this year – hasn't really had to do much because they've dominated games right off the bat that you never had to see Stetson Bennett use his arms. Thank goodness because he doesn't have the the ability to do it. But the one game that Stetson Bennett was asked more to do was in the SEC championship game because they met their match in Alabama, and we saw how that went. He looked lost. He looked like like you said, Joe, a backup quarterback. I still like his ability, the dual threat ability that he can extend I mean, plays with his legs. But that's what it comes down to for me. And that's why I would say Stetson Bennett. McNamara, he's been – I know his stat, his numbers aren't like all of the charts, but he, when he's been asked to deliver, he's made the throws when needed. It's just they don't really need him as much either. These teams are so similar that it's like which quarterback do you rather have? It's like you're taking one or the other in the sense of they're the same type of quarterback. To me, it'd be Stetson Bennett because the one moment that I saw from him when that's they were asked insult, for him to – That's an insult to Cade McNamara's God-given talent. Are you serious? Yeah. You're talking about a five-star recruit. You just compared him to a walk-on at Georgia. Well, because of the way that he ha- he doesn't have to do as much, kind of similar to Stetson Bennett because – Kind of like Mac Jones? Kind of like Mac Jones. Doesn't have all the talent in the world, but he, yeah. he delivers. He strides. He strides when asked to get your number called. Ted, go on. We just <laughs> listen. It's I, got him, I got him. All, I got listen. him all flustered today. He's flustered. I'm not he's flustered like, at all. You're like Bennett against freaking Alabama. You're flustered, bro. You don't know how to. React. I'm not. Well, first of all, stop talking nonsense because you're just making up stuff to be funny. It's not even funny. It's it's. He's all serious. Yo, he's all serious today. Here's the thing. It's. It's both quarterbacks. It's 50-50. Now, if I had to put more percentage, I, love I did that. Listen, hold on. It I would not be Joe. It would not be Ted. I've never seen anyone on a sports show ever answer the question 50-50 for both guys. I, Joe, I protest this answer. I <laughs> yes. want to protest this, Joe. I want to protest this. Joe, you might a, as well have at it. Make history here. Explain Joe, yourself. Joe, Joe. Hold on. Realistically, are you surprised? Well, realistically, that, I was going to no, Give me one second. Are you, are you surprised that Ted – 
would say that answer. Like we both go 100 100. Ted's like, I'm going to give it to you both. No, that's only a guy with a brain like a Ferrari could possibly come out with this. The okay. quote of the year, first ladies all, and gentlemen, the quote of 2021. First, okay, first of all, <laughs> I thought about that answer while you both were talking. That's why I said 50 50. All right. My my realistic answer was and first answer was agreeing with Joe. It's McNamara because this is the way I look at it. What does Michigan do? Great. They run the football average over 225 yards a game rushing and they run and they and they pass for over about 225. They're, they're like the most balanced team in college football. It's unbelievable. They're like literally 230 and 230. The reason why I say it's McNamara because I watched Bennett. He can make plays with his arm and his leg. He threw for over 324 yards against Alabama. He threw for three touchdowns. Yeah, he threw, stats, Listen, he threw for two picks, but here's here's where I look at Jordan Davis, who won the Defensive Player of the Year, Benaric Award, which surprisingly thought the kid from Alabama or the kid from Michigan could have won it, but whatever. He's a load in the middle of that thing, all right? I don't know if Michigan's going to be able to move him and run the football. If you watch the game in the SEC Championship game, Alabama didn't beat Georgia by running the football. They beat him because Bryce Young was able to throw the football all over the field. Now, I know they don't have the weapons at Michigan like Alabama does with Mechie and Jamison Williams. But if Michigan is going to win this football, it's going to be in the arm of McNamara making the throws on play action because they're going to run the football. They're going to stick to what they do. But they're not going to be able to grind, I believe, like they did against Ohio State and run the football up and down the field. You're going to be able to have to have big plays in the passing game. And – I've seen Bennett do it because I feel like Alabama, Georgia has more weapons on the outside. And I trust the weapons and the speed of the SEC. And Stetson Bennett playing in bigger games, all right? McNamara didn't win the game against Ohio State. They just ran the football all over Ohio State, and they ran it down their throat. Yeah, They could have ran for 500 yards if that game kept going. There was nothing Ohio State could do to stop the running game, all right? Also, to add to your point, Ted. Go ahead. Also, to your point, both of your points, actually, the weakness of that defense, of that Georgia defense, is their secondary. secondary. Is their secondary because they lost four starters. The the D-line has been – Listen, they lost four starters to the NFL draft. Their front seven is their pride and joy. Linebacker, Dakota Dean, is unbelievable. They have pass rushers. They're going to come up and stop the run. And so that's why I agree with you. Here's the thing. Look at this. Look at how everyone looks at the game the same way we've talked about the other game. You give Georgia and Alabama the favor. You give the SEC the power. You just feel like they got more talent. So if Michigan's going to pull off the upset, because it is kind of an upset, even though they're the two seed and Michigan, Georgia's the three and, and they're a seven-point underdog, McNamara's got to be able to make throws in the in the game, play action big throws, got to take them over the top. Because there was an opportunity early in that game against Ohio State, if you remember. Ohio State, I mean, Michigan jumped up 7 nothing. They got the ball back real quick. And Ohio, Michigan had a chance to go up 14 nothing, and McNamara threw in a triple coverage. It got yep. picked, and I'm like, oh man, they blew. They, they kind of they blew their opportunity yep. to really stick it to Ohio State. And I thought maybe Ohio State would come back, but the reason why Michigan was able to run the football, I don't know if they're going to be able to run the football as officially, and that's why I agree with you, Joe, that McNamara's got to play a bigger role in this game to for them to advance to the national championship more so than Stenson Bennett. Michigan lost to Michigan State, only loss of the year. Hassan Haskins had just 59 yards. It was only three games this season where he didn't get into the end zone. That game, Cade McNamara went for 383 yards, career-high 44 passing attempts. In his last three Big Ten games, 67% completion rate, seven touchdowns, no interceptions, 
again, this is a guy who's like a legit quarterback. This guy's uh, the real deal. Well, they got a five-star freshman that they use as well, too. Absolutely, and they should, and that's why you bring in big talent. That's what you do, but uh, Stetson Bennett is Rudy. He is, he is Rudy. He is Rudy. What do you want me to tell you? Rudy, but I love Rudy. Uh, Rudy makes good, me cry every time, Joe. He makes me cry all the time. All he's the time. Rudy, but but no one's – listen, I went – Joe, the, when Rudy Doug got Flutie, carried off the field, Joe. Rudy got carried off the field. So if Stetson Bennett wins this game and then can beat – He's going to be carried off the field in a stretcher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joe. Jesus, Joe. Joe. Courtesy of uh, Hutchinson. That's what's going to happen. The negativity. Not I'm neither. just joking. He was asking I know, for it. I know, I know, I know. I'm only kidding. I'm I like McNamara a lot. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, you I, are, I, I really I mean, do Michigan, like him. Look, we all talk about Georgia's defense. Michigan's defense ugh, ain't no slouches either. I mean, you got Hutchinson and David Ajabo, who's probably the best duo pass rushers in the country. Combined 25 sacks this season. 25 sacks. And, hey, 10th in the country, giving up yards per game, 224. Or they're averaging 224 yards on the ground. So that's their strength. And then, like you said about Georgia, they're first in almost every major category. Points per game, nine and a half. It would have been a lot less if they didn't get demolished by Alabama. Yards allowed, 254. Fifth in sacks, 41. And then, like I said, they're a seven and a half point favorite. I think the key in this game, too, for Georgia is going to be their best offensive weapon, Brock Bowers. He's a freshman tight end. Probably should have won the award for the best tight end in college football. This yes. year. He was, he's been unbelievable. He's their best offensive weapon. But you also got James Cook. Literally looks like Dalvin Cook, who's been unbelievable too, and Samir White. Both, I mean, this is literally, you couldn't have asked for a more identical matchup between well, two teams. And both have, quarter, both have quarterbacks that are very similar with each other. Hold on. Both have quarterbacks that are very similar. Both have head coaches that desperately need a championship under their resume. You got a great running attack in both, both uh, dynamic duos in the backfield. You have some weapons on the outside, but this is a, a nitty gritty type punch you in the mouth type game for 60 minutes and their defenses. I mean, which defense gives up the big play? That's what it comes down to because those are the two strengths, which defense gives up the big play. And it could be more likely that it could be George because that secondary has been vulnerable this year. Do you know three of the four teams in the playoffs here? You know, the one, the three I'm talking about have 40% of the five star recruits in the nation are on those three teams. 40% of those guys. It's yeah. this is like a this is like an all star game of college football players. So, what, is, so what is do we got? What you're who's, getting here? Who's playing in Indianapolis? Me and Joe both had Cincinnati. Do you have Bama, Ted? What's your yeah. What's the national championship? SEC rematch. I got Georgia, and um, I'm sorry, I will never root for. I'm a Big Ten fan. I will not be rooting for Michigan. I'm an Ohio State guy. We don't do that. I'm going with the Georgia Bulldogs. A rematch in the Peach Bowl from last year's classic. A classic, actually, last year between Cincinnati and Georgia. I'm going with the rematch. Cincinnati versus Georgia in Indianapolis. I'm going to pick the Power Five's worst nightmare scenario. It is Cincinnati versus Michigan. Ooh, for the wow. national championship, and I think Michigan. We're not going to talk. Will, no, we're not going to make. We're not going to make our national. I'm not going to make a prediction. We will I talk just, about our national I'll say right now. I think Michigan uh, is going to handle Georgia a little bit more than uh, I think what people think is going to happen. I, I I think that's actually going to be a wider margin of victory here's, than Cincinnati's. Joe, this is what Bama. I asked. Joe, this is what I asked Trevor. 
What team would you rather be right now? Would you rather be Georgia pissed off coming off an embarrassing loss against Alabama where everyone's like saying, wow, you guys are not that good. What happened to you guys? I mean, or I would you, hold, hold on. Jesus. Stop talking. I wouldn't even think about it. It would be Georgia. Well, I wasn't talking he... to you. I was talking to Joe. The second part of it, Joe, was would you rather yeah. be Michigan coming off one of your historic biggest wins? We're on a high. Where you're due for a lull. That's Which team would question. you rather be? It's an easy question. Wait, why am I due for a lull, though, if I'm Michigan? I'm riding high. Listen, I, I'm the biggest Michigan hater on the planet, and I also hate Ohio State. How do you like that? I'm, I'm one of those people that doesn't like either of those programs. Yeah, because you're probably Michigan, a fan. Michigan, I've never. Michigan <laughs> finds ways to lose big games, whether it's college basketball, Chris Webber, anybody. Or whether it's pick any season where Michigan finds a way to blow it and then just historically can never win the big game against Ohio State. You can say the same you for the Georgia that. Bulldogs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, but I don't want to be Georgia because here's what happens. If you get beat by Michigan, people are like, ah, you weren't that good. Right? I mean, Bama, ex Bama exposed you as frauds and then Michigan beat you. You weren't that good. That's what people are going to say if they lose. If they win, right, and maybe even convincingly over Michigan, they got to go rematch a team that just kicked the living crap out of them. Good. Beat That's again. a nightmare scenario if you're Georgia because it's just going to put you right back where you were, the <laughs> second best team in the SEC. That sucks. It would be just like, oh, same old Georgia. Yes. That's all it would be. I, why I, would I, Listen, why would you expect anything different? But you're right about both teams, Michigan and Georgia. Both teams have had a history of coming up short in the big moments. We'll see what happens. Something's got to give tomorrow because these two teams, one team's going home and one team's going to Indy for a right to win a national championship. By the way, Joe's favorite team is North Texas. How can I ever forget that? Even Eagles, baby. <laughs> wah, wah. Did you just hear that, Ted? I heard it. My Next, eagle call. I don't even know what the hell that was. Speaking, like speaking uh, what's up? What were you saying? Sounded like the Philadelphia Eagles picking up the Giants and dropping them on a four. <laughs> well, like I said, if you wanted, if you want to hear from Giants talk, then you could go check out our last show as we just talked the final time of the 2021 season for the New York Football Giants. We're done talking about that because we're going to be talking about the positives that's been going on in the NFL season. And there is a hell of a slate of games this weekend. And boy, oh boy, there's a lot of playoff caliber matchups and playoff caliber teams right now that are big underdogs. I'm going to give you the teams right now. These are the teams. You're going to tell me which underdog has the best chance to you to come to become victorious and shut those betters up. The Dolphins are a plus three and a half uh, underdog. Bengals are plus five underdog against the Chiefs. Dolphins play the Titans. Raiders are plus six and a half against the Colts. The Cardinals are a five and a half underdog against the boys. Ravens are a three and a half underdog against the Rams. And the Steelers on Monday Night Football against the Cleveland Browns. So I'll start with Joe. Who do you see as this season winds down, which playoff team, underdog I should say, has the best chance to win on Sunday? Uh, I think the Titans do, to be honest. No, they're not an underdog. I don't mean the Titans. I'm sorry. I meant the Dolphins, uh, not the Titans. Look, the Titans uh, would win the AFC South if they win or if the Colts lose. And I think that's how they're going to get in. I think they're both going to lose. And I think that's how the Titans are going to clinch. 
Look, the Dolphins right now are playing as well as anybody in football is. This was the team. Man, this is the team that they thought they were going to have when the season started. It didn't go that way. Don't forget, Tua was out for a couple of games in there. So once he got back and they they got on track, I I mentioned this last time, a historic month in November uh, completion percentage-wise. He's continued to play well into December. I think the Dolphins are are poised to keep that going and uh, really make it a race in the AFC East, which is crazy considering where things started and, and where they've ended up now for all three of those teams and the Titans to boot. You're a Titans fan too. I'm surprised. Yeah, I am bummed about it. Uh, believe me, but every scenario in my head, it seems like the Dolphins are going to win this football game. Nah. Nah. All right, Ted, you say no. They couldn't do anything offensively the other night. It was awful. They had one drive of over 85 yards, of over 46 yards, and four of the players. Their defense were, is good enough to uh, – defense. Yeah, you got to score points. Titans will, Titans will beat them. They'll knock them back. Hey, guess Miami. what? The defense scored points the other night. This is an easy answer. Come on, Joe. This is easy. It's the Steelers on Monday Night Football. It's Big Ben's last game home at Heinz Field. Are you kidding me? Against the Browns? You know it's a disaster for the Browns. That's all the season's going to be. The, the Browns are going to lose. The place is going to be a frenzy. Come on. You think Eli was going to lose his last game for as a New York Giant? That place will be rolling. The Steelers will be on fire. Big Ben will throw for 350 yards. They'll have two touchdowns and a pick. The Steelers are going to beat the Browns on Monday Night Football. That's how it's going to go. It's exactly I'm who the underdog I'm actually surprised you picked the uh, – you didn't pick – the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm actually surprised. Uh, listen, for me, for me about this, it's about listen. I like the Bengals. I think they're scary offensively. It's about consistency. Uh, this, this for me, because they're home, will be a. It's going to be a great test for them. You know, the Chiefs are on a roll. I believe they won what seven, eight straight. I know they're the Dolphins. 11 four, they're eleven and four. They're on eight straight. They're on an eight game winning streak. I know. I think the Giants almost beat them. It's, it's, it's incredible. But that's what the Wait, NFL. Who, who beat the them? Giants almost beat the Chiefs. I never heard of them. Stuff okay. The Raiders. Here's the other thing: if Cole McCoy is not playing for the Raiders, I mean, Cole McCoy. Oh my God, get it together! If Carson Wentz is not playing for the Colts this week because of COVID protocols, don't be shocked that the Raiders can pull off the victory. The Raiders, as much as like a month ago, we were like, ah, they got no shot after they lost the Giants. They're right. I mean, they're right there. I mean, there's a very likelihood that they can go in and win this week, and then depending on who they play in Week 18, pull off the miracle. I mean. The AFC, the the difference between the Colts, who I believe right now are the fifth seed, and the eleven seed is one game. So you could be eleven seed right now and and be in the could be in the playoffs with one win, depending on how the situation. I mean, Miami went from I believe ten to in the playoffs. So with their win the other day, the Ravens. Listen, I don't know if the Ravens are going to be able to pull it off. They got to go to the Rams. They got. I mean, Lamar's going to be coming off of an injury, COVID. They got so many guys out. The Rams have been on fire. Listen, the team I'm really interested though. Baltimore's home. Baltimore's home. Okay. okay. Well, it doesn't really, even though. If you no, know, I, no, I know. If, if you ask me what the, of the teams that you told me though, the two biggest games that I would have importance to me would be the Cardinals game against the Cowboys, and would be the Bengals. The Bengals because of another prove it game. They're young. They're talented. This is where we thought Kansas City was a couple years ago. This would be a humongous win for Kansas City. I meant for the Cincinnati Bengals if they could win at home and really take on the Chiefs because the Chiefs right now look like the best team in football. And then for me, the Cardinals. We were looking at them a month ago when we were doing our rankings every week and we're talking about teams like Cardinals number one, Cardinals number one. They're undefeated. They're just good. They uh, 
they had that tough loss to Green Bay, but we didn't really knock them for that. We're like, ah, hey, just Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. Now they've lost, what, two, three in a row. They lose again to the Cowboys. You know, where are the Cardinals at? Where where are they as a team? Are they Were they just fool's gold, and did they get us all hyped up for the first two and a half months to realize that they're really no different than any other team? So for me, the Cardinals, big prove a game against the Dallas Cowboys this week. Those are my two biggest games on the slate for me that have value and importance to me because all four teams are going to be in the playoffs. But we're we, – if the Chiefs lose, I don't think you look that poorly on the Chiefs, right? No. I think no. you gain you gain more by the Bengals winning than you lose by the Chiefs lose. For me, if the Cowboys win, you're like, all right, well, whatever, the Cardinals. But if the Cardinals win, you can, you can build something off of that. And I think I gain more knowledge and more understanding of who these teams are by if the Cardinals and Bengals can win their games than I would do if they lose. I would, I would also say, Joe, I would say that the, the um, Dolphins. I'm very impressed with the way the Dolphins. I know it hasn't been pretty offensively, but they do the things right when needed. I mean, they have a star in Jalen Waddle. They they just they have an emerging star with Jalen Waddle right there. They have the pieces offensively, but that defense is carrying them to victories. This is one of the – it's like Dallas right now. These defenses, man, they are scary. They cause turnovers. They wreck havoc, and for 60 minutes – it's a struggle for teams that have to face these guys because right now the Dolphins, they're one in seven, one in seven. We're talking about Brian Flores is going to get fired. Two will get moved on where they're at eight and seven right now. And they still have a chance to possibly win the AFC East for if somehow Buffalo and new England have an epic collapse and we're shaping up for a three team race next week. The Dolphins play the Patriots, or yeah, I think the Dolphins play the Patriots to close out the season. Home next week. So I mean, think about it. I mean, the Dolphins have been playing great. That really showed on on Monday night. I know that Ian Book is a rookie, and he looked like, or not a rookie, but he looked like a quarterback that yeah, is not. Yeah, he's really not a rookie. He's a rookie. He, he played in the game. Yeah, bro. He was the quarterback for Notre Dame last year. No, I forgot. Whatever. Anyway, oh. Oh my God! Yeah, I know. We all we all make mistakes. So you know, Joe. You know, if it was me the other before when I was saying something like Colt McCoy and something looked at me like I had six heads. Though when he's talking about Ian Book, didn't even know he's a rookie from Notre Dame last year. I mean, Jesus, we just talked college football. You watch college football your life, you don't even know. They said it about twelve times in the game cast. That's all, I, I forgot about. I, I forgot about Ian Book so fast. Listen, Miami hasn't it. played anyone in the last seven weeks. The best team they played was the Giants. You won't, by the way, you won't see Ian Book ever again in an NFL football game. I don't see any scenario where that happens. I think he proved like that didn't that didn't go well. No. Jake Fromm too, like no. Yeah, was, yeah, was so, you know what's you don't belong there. You how can you be? So, how can you be the wingest quarterback in Notre Dame? How can Jake Fromm? How can you lead your team to championships? Be one of the best quarterbacks in Georgia, and then go to an NFL game and just be awful. Like, you can't complete a pass. Like, the basic fundamentals of football, you can't correlate and translate from the college level. At the highest level, SEC football, where every week you're playing against NFL talent, to now you just – I mean, you were one for four for minus four yards. That's – you can't do that if you if you try. A whole different ball. Listen, game. you know, I, if game. you're not, like, uber talented, like a Kyler Murray or a Lamar Jackson, that you have to have like a prototypical NFL quarterback body 
or you're not going to cut it in this league. Well, Mike well, Glennon has lasted yeah, as long as he has because he's I don't want to hear the name Mike Glennon. I'm only going to say the name because the reason the guy's got a job is he's 6'4", 230. He's a long, he, tall yeah. guy. Yeah, that's kid. from that's the actual evolution of the quarterback neck, that your neck would be that much longer, like a submarine periscope, um, so that you could see over the defense. That's what you want in a quarterback. I think guys like – it's too small. You're, you're not talented enough to make up for the fact that you're not tall enough and big enough to be an NFL quarterback. Again, I mean, it's not like everybody didn't know what Jake Fromm did before this year. Uh, Buffalo took him with a fifth-round flyer. He was the fourth-string quarterback there. Don't worry. The Giants are always there, Mr. Reliable, to take off your uh, bench players. There's a reason all these teams lost quarterbacks this year and nobody else signed him off Buffalo's practice squad. <laughs> I mean, if he was that good, anybody, anybody, any point this year could have called New Orleans and been like, "Hey, I'll give you a sixth rounder for Ian Book." Game. <laughs> nobody, nobody came calling for those guys. Nobody wanted those guys to be their quarterback. So, nothing special found and nothing special lost here. I, it's well, uh, I'm it's glad nice you- that you gave those guys a chance. Listen, I, I, I make this point. I always do. I know it's not practical, but. Colin Kaepernick and Tim Tebow are both available for any team that needs a competent quarterback who knows how to win NFL games. You say Tebow was a competent quarterback? Wow. Went nine and seven and won a playoff game. I, yeah, you know I remember when saying? I was fresh, I remember when I was in my freshman year of college. <laughs> That's when the Giants won a Super Bowl. So <laughs> listen, plain and simple. And I'll, and to this day, I'll never get this. But you know, going going nine and seven and winning a playoff game is not easy to do. If you're Mitch Trubisky or you're Tim Tebow, that's quickly discounted for a number of factors. If if Deshaun Watson did it, everybody like, dude, he's so great. And <laughs> what? Did the same thing? What? Give me. I'll stop. I tell, dude, the way we evaluate people oh, is so stupid. It's and it's, dude. Again, if you can, if you can look at this season and be like, well, th- you know, we don't, we don't have any kind of readout on on uh, on on Lance. Yeah, you do. He he hasn't learned any of that offense. Why they haven't used him? Justin Fields. Well, with that Matt Nagy offense and the, the offensive line, uh, right? Pick another guy. Pick another guy, Trevor Lawrence. Now oh, there's all garbage all around him, garbage everywhere, right? Jesus, and then he's like Daniel Jones. He sucks. <laughs> what? I get what he's saying. I don't understand. Wait, how? Again, dude. It's like, well, I can. I've seen enough of this guy. That guy. I'm still. The jury's still out. I'll let you know. Okay, Mel Kiper Jr. Tell me more. Give me a break with this crap, dude. Listen, the Giants stink. <laughs> Everybody's upset about it. I get it. Stay off of Facebook, dude. Stop airing your grievances there. <laughs> like, like, you know, Festivus is over. You know what I'm saying? This is the time of the year where I highly suggest if you're a neurotic Yankees or Giants fan, here's your New Year's resolution. Call a therapist. Get a <laughs> weekly session. Just get a week. You want to be angry about Brian Cashman and Dave Gettleman? Find out. Hire a professional. Like I don't want to read about it when I go on Facebook. I don't. I don't want to hear it. That was beautiful. I don't want to hear it. That's all I got. It's my last rant of the year. 
Well, as you just said, it's the last rant of the year. Well, the 2021 <laughs> season of sports will be coming to an end, and we're moving on to 2022. A lot of great happened this year. We had fans back enjoying some great highlights, great plays, great games. Anything you guys want to say about the 2021 year in review as we move on to 2022? Yeah, well, I wish there wasn't so much parody in the year that betting became legal in our state. <laughs> Um, how much money did you lose? All my sports teams stink. Lost enough. Let's see. It's 2021. That my sports team stunk. They didn't win anything. <laughs> Failures. Losers. Not even close, right? Like eliminated from the playoffs way too soon. I mean, the Yankees are like my only hope, and they're just like blue balls because they just they get you all excited, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they just they fail to, to connect, and what else is new? Can't. Win anything, so that's okay. Gotta go. What's it, a decade? We're, 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 uh, the Giants, know. yeah, it's going on. Yeah, it's I mean, the Rangers. On. I mean, the Rangers are playing well, but hockey's frozen with COVID. You got Yankees stink, Mets stink, Orlando Magic have the worst odds to win the the, the NBA championship, so they stink. Um, <laughs> it pretty much seems like Ted's just had a really bad. stunk. I mean, what was good about this year? I had a better twenty twenty year than I had twenty twenty one. Trev so left me. <laughs> Trump left in 2021, January 21st. I mean, maybe the best time was when he came up to visit my dad and surprise him for his birthday, but it only rained for five of the seven days he was here. <laughs> <laughs> it was only like July 4th week. I only had the week off and all I did was rain, but whatever. That was fun. Um, I don't know. I went to Florida more this time this year, more times this year than I ever went. That was good. It's nice to feel 84 degrees weather. Um, yeah, I don't know. What, 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 what thrilled in sports this year? I don't know. It's good to see fans back. Are you, are you I mean, honestly, I mean, the last time the Giants won was when I was there. <laughs> were, you surprised, were you surprised that Tom Brady was a Super Bowl champ this year? No. It's, okay. it's great. And, they, and, and here's the thing. Their team, you want to pick a team that's going to win the Super Bowl, go find the team that's the healthiest going into the playoffs. If you think about when the Giants won the Super Bowls, you think about the Bucks last year, some of the teams, go find the team that's got the healthiest team going in. Right, that's that's the key, the healthiest team. The the Buccaneers were getting healthier and healthier as the playoffs, and they just kept building. And you could so see the storm. Green, green you could see the storm, the, the storm brewing. So, and I mean, it was great. I mean, you have no idea who's going to win the Super Bowl this year. You know, the odds are right now the Chiefs and the Packers. But come on, would you be shocked if the Bengals were in there? Would you be shocked if the Bills were in there? The Patriots, the Cowboys. Oh my God. That'll be my year, the Cowboys. Cowboys and the Patriots, my God. I'll turn the TV off and watch figure skating. Probably watch the watch the Dino Drivings and Dives. But Joe, yeah, what, mean, Joe, what would you I don't say? have I don't have an exciting thing. My college football team Gators stunk. Um, listen, I nailed many predictions this year. I feel really good about my lot in sports. I love the Giants and the Yankees. I've said this before. I don't cry about it, and I, it doesn't change my mood. You know, a long time no. ago when the Yankees, you know what happened? You know what happened, Ted? The Yankees won three championships in four years from 96 to 2000. I remember those years. And those I, years. They were for high pressure for me as a fan. Because after 98, I thought, what? Like, they won. Like, the game ended. They won the World Series. And I was like, oh, man, we got to do this again next year. And we're going to have to do better than 125 wins or it's going to be like a step back, which it was, even though they won a World Series again. 
And so we got so used to winning, just like the way we, the Mariano Rivera effect, where we expect every reliever to come out, strike out the side on nine pitches, and then go home for the night. Uh, I stopped enjoying championships. I, I started feeling like the Yankees, where you don't even enjoy it. It's just like we got to win another one. How are we going to win another one? And you just focus on that, and you don't even, you don't even, you don't even get to celebrate them anymore. I think that's what made the Giants championship so special was the randomness, the one-offness of those teams five years apart to get you know hot and win and win Super Bowls. But yeah, you know the, my teams all are terrible in every single sport that I watch. It's upsetting. It was definitely a, a down year for our sports teams. The Yankees, Ohio State, two teams that I had high expectations for, and ultimately, you know the results. Let me the down. Lakers. The Lakers let me down. The Giants, they're just got awful. It's just been got to mention, got to give a quick shout out, of course, to COVID for just wreaking havoc everywhere with sports mm-hmm. ruining things and it's back again and it's back again and like we're going back to 2020 all over NC again nc state trying to get a bowl game in ucla was like nah we're not coming that's cool we're not season. coming have a good night it's like damn yeah it's, it's four hours, it's before, hours before the game time you, that's when you make your decision you don't warn the team like hey listen we're dealing with some stuff just kind of give you like a heads up always they were like, cool. we probably weren't coming, and we're definitely not coming. Did you see? Did you see? Did you see what the NC uh, NC State yeah. code called NCAA? Like I say, you could always rely on the good old West Coast to um, do the right thing because the West Coast is just great. West Coast? What are you talking about? The West Coast? Because UCLA, they're from the West Coast. They let a team down once again. The West Coast, dude. Down. The West Coast is out there doing their own thing. Yeah. It's like tomorrow. It's like yesterday over there. You know what I mean? Dude, by the time they find out about what's happening over here, useless. All their games are on at like 10 o'clock at night. Nobody cares about the West. All kidding aside, as the president of Clover Class, do you have any last message of 2021 to everybody going into the new year? Hell, I do. Here's a couple messages. If you want to advertise, hit us up because we'd love to throw your logo right up here somewhere. So that's number one. Number two, we appreciate uh, the love and the support. You know, they we appreciate you sharing, subscribing, and wow. and uh, you know visiting clovercrestmedia.com. In addition to this amazing show, there's a million more. Make sure you subscribe. Our YouTube channel blew up this year. Uh, we've got about 330 subscribers now. Uh, start of the year at 30. So things are going well. We've gotten all things sorts are of, looking uh, up. They really are. We've gotten like some some uh, like awards from YouTube for uh, our content and how how quick it's grown. And uh, yeah, so subscribe and, and uh, review all these shows if you're watching and, and you think they're awesome. Very well. And, and God from, bless you. Absolutely. And from the keys of the city, the keys brothers, I'll speak for us. Everybody be safe. It's a rough time right now. So everybody be safe. Enjoy with your families. Be smart and try to make the most of 2021 going into the new year. We will be back next year recapping week 17 and also recapping the college football playoff. Plus, we'll be talking the final week of the longest reigning NFL season will be coming to an end. And we will have all of our results for who's making the playoffs and who's staying home and getting ready for draft day. Ladies and gentlemen, we are keys to the city. We are presented by Clovercrest Media. We're streaming on all social media platforms at Keys of the City. So comment, like, subscribe, or share. 
Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. See you next year. Yeah. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.